0: Hey, this is Charles McFall, the head of the Giant-Size Team-Up Network. As the tireless leader, I'm always looking for new ways to expand our network. As everyone knows, it is incredibly affordable to film in Georgia. We at G-Stun thought it would be a great time to put our hats in the ring. So, I am proud to announce that I, Charles McFall, will be opening exclusive filming locations for East Coast porn production. Each of our locales come with its own set of perks tailor-made for different needs in the porn community. Botch Podcast is all about role-playing. If you want your set to look like a Dragon's Lair, Spaceship, or Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, we've got you covered. Pokemon Go Podcast is all about catering to furries. Ever fantasize about a chance encounter with an extra-friendly jinx? Yeah. (sighs) Me neither. Blazing Defender Report is all about cuckolding. Lonely wives as firemen. We have multiple normal-looking houses and fire halls at our disposal. Toy Power. Well, I mean, you could probably guess. FTH Beyond is all about making porn parodies of these big Marvel hits. We have sets and costumes for any conceivable parody. Maybe a film about Heron needing to be satisfied by Howard the Duck kind of thing. You could call it uh, Thor. Quack and Cock. I don't know. I haven't thought about it daily. Breaking the panel's all about humiliation porn. Using mirrors and optical illusions, it can make me, I mean, the viewer, feel tiny against my, their dominatrix. Geek Versus is sort of your creative sandbox. Take a little bit of everything from everywhere to build any crazy scenario I, you can think of. Like, I don't know, Black Panther versus a pack of squirrel furries in a tub of Jolly Ranchers using sex toys. I don't know, think about it. I'm also no longer going by my self-inflicted title of the rock god of podcasting, but instead you could call me the filthy czar of porn real estate. Head on over to GiantsizeTeamUp.com to learn more about our exciting and affordable locations. If you're interested, we offer free tours. Just come on by.
1: Wink.
2: These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book.
0: Us, we're living the comic's life. We're Breaking the Panel.
3: Hello, and welcome to Breaking the Panel. This week with about 90% less casual racism, I am your brave leader this week, none other than Soapbox Clots. And I'm joined by not Charles McFall, because he's irresponsible and uncommitted and didn't plan. Never mind. Uh, yeah, he's not here because he's dumb, a big dum-dum. But I am joined by uh, none other than Mr. Philip Keating.
1: I feel like this is going to be one of the best shows that PTP has ever done.
3: That's probably accurate. And we have a special guest who's filling in... That's <laughs> <laughs> That, all right uh real talk that that just sounds like a a race coming out of a grave like <laughs> a, <laughs> uh we are joined by none other than mr tony p Hey,
2: hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, two things one this is the most comfortable and safest i felt on the show <laughs> uh, i don't know why i'm just saying uh and two i've been a little under the weather so i apologize in advance if uh I cough or vomit or anything on the mic. Oh
3: yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for joining us despite being ill and because Charles is a, uh, a fucko and asked you last minute. We appreciate it.
2: I got to let him slide. He gave me a few days notice. um, Yeah. And then I got sick after the fact. So he didn't, it's cool. I'm glad to be here. It's nice to, nice to be back in this safe and welcoming environment. (laughs)
3: Oh, uh, man. It's so true. Uh, but yeah, we got a couple topics to hit you with this week. Um, it's uh, We're a little news light, but uh, a couple things hit headlines. The first thing uh, I grabbed off of comicbook.com. So uh, we talked about, oof, before Phil was on the show, at least a year or more ago, we talked about the death of Wolverine in comics and how – most of us felt like it didn't mean shit because he's not going to stay dead. And lo and behold, of course he's not. Uh, The return of Wolverine is planned. And uh, apparently he's coming back from the dead with some new powers. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. So uh, they're teasing the fact that apparently when he returns here, he's going to now have the ability for his claws to have various levels of heat and they will glow uh,
2: <laughs> I don't keep up right. with, with the comics um, so if, if, if this is an ignorant question I apologize but uh, why?
1: <laughs> uh, to fight off the you know the impending doom up north he's Canadian so he's obviously fighting you know polar bears white walkers white walkers I, so they're, just, they're planning for that, that crossover, you know, of the Game of Thrones Wolverine crossover.
3: Well, apparently it comes with a couple of settings, So, uh, and this is a quote.
2: <laughs> like, a, like a little knob? or yeah. A- yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: the way I think of it in my head and the way I've described it in scripts to Steve is that you've got a blacksmith who is working with metal on his or her anvil, and it can be red hot, yellow hot, white hot, all that stuff. And Logan can do that. Now, if Logan comes at you and his claws are heated up and blazing, you're in big trouble. That is probably the lamest fucking shit I've ever heard of in my life.
2: Again, not an expert. Um, (laughs) usually I would imagine any time with the claws coming at you, not a good thing.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: Isn't that safe to say?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's murked more than a few people in the comic books over the years. Uh, often in pretty horrific ways. I'm not sure that the uh the claws being superheated I, I guess the the chief purpose is to heat up the frozen center of all hot pockets. Right? I mean, yeah when- and he's
1: always gonna overheat them and it's gonna <laughs> scold his goddamn mouth.
3: Yeah. Um, but yeah I, I only really brought this to the table because it's just such an absurd thing for them to be pimping right now. I'm just like
2: when I just, I, I, again, maybe I missed it, but when were the claws not enough? Who thought like, you know what? This just, do, this just doesn't, this doesn't cut it. No pun intended. See, the thing is
3: too, like his claw, his claws are, are, are his iconic aspect of him, but really his power is the re- is, you know, mm-hmm. virtual indestructibility because of the adamantium on a skeleton. And then his healing factor, he, he's just like, he can take a lick in and always keep ticking. And that's always been his thing. And it's like, I don't know, dolling up his claws doesn't really do anything for me. And I'm a, I'm a big Wolverine fan. Like I love Wolverine. I love Logan. I love his, the journey of that character. And yet still, I'm a little underwhelmed.
2: I'm by- so confused. I am legitimately confused.
1: Well, maybe he went down to hell um, and switched hands with the robot devil. And now he's coming back, <laughs> you know, fist of fury coming into well know.
3: it's it's also extra funny because the way he went out is he got doused in molten adamantium like he got covered in it so and like so, when he
1: slashes people now are they gonna catch on fire
3: it, it, i don't think they're gonna catch on fire but they're it's gonna come with yeah i mean ca- pre-cauterized wood,
1: wood. Right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, like it, it seems counterproductive right you know what it is? I think I know exactly what it is. He's going to come back, and he's going to start a thriving YouTube channel where he's just going to cut through shit with his flaming his hot claws, and he's going to get millions of views because apparently that
2: works.
1: Well, maybe he was sick of losing his lighter, so now to light his <laughs> cigars, he can just, you know flip out a claw and uh and st- yeah okay so back
3: up. so this writer that's interviewed in this article makes it sound like he's gonna his claws are gonna heat up when he's super pissed off if he starts just casually lighting stogies with it it's gonna be so bull it's gonna be hilarious but bullshit at the same time i
2: don't know i'll give you one one cool panel would be him lighting the cigar with a claw like that's cool once yeah, you know, no, like,
1: I want all right. twice an issue. But then, but then
3: I want him uh, like outside of a nightclub where he lights like six people's <laughs> smokes up at the same time. Like, sh- sh- sh-. yeah, bitches, that's how I woo the ladies because I'm you know short and Canadian.
2: I'm just having a hard time, and I don't mean to kick a dead horse, but like, why? I just can't fathom, like, oh, snick, snick, like, oh, that's not enough. Somebody's throat just got sliced yeah you know but they're still alive too bad it wasn't warmer you know (laughs) (laughs) uh i
3: don't know um it's an interesting choice to say the least i i have a feeling that this is going to become one of those running jokes for years to come kind of like liefeld's pouches and feet you know what i mean it's going to be one of those things that just gets kind of like looked back on and like why why was that a thing? And I'm sure it's not going to last for very long because it's kind of ridiculous. Or maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll be around forever. Maybe it'll completely change the face of uh, Wolverine for, for young fans and old fans alike. Because he don't.
1: accidentally burns himself? Is that why? Would <laughs> <think
3: it's> <laughs> yeah. Damn. Perhaps. Perhaps. Let's move on.
2: We may be talking about a day. Remember when he didn't have hot claws?
3: <laughs> hot claws. New Hot name. claws. <laughs> Oh, man, another way he could start a, a fucking YouTube video is just Logan and, and a guest every week eating hot wings with his claws out the whole time. Like, uh, yeah, sorry, I got to try not to burn my face while I eat these hot wings.
2: Hot, hot claws. Hot claws. You make a good point, though, and I, I know you're ready to move on. Are we sure they're hot, heated claws, or are they like spicy claws? <laughs>
3: So when you get stabbed, you just
2: get a a rush of spicy like oh There's no capsaicin in your neck, you yeah. know that doesn't um, feel good,
3: dude. Honestly, that would like fuck people. That would fuck a lot of people Ow. up. Wow, yeah, exactly. Enterting, oh, you know,
1: uh, pure ghost pepper and yes. extract to people. I, I I've got three gigantic holes in my torso and
3: blood is pouring out like a faucet but also i have heartburn and i have to poop this sucks (laughs) (laughs) logan you're such a dick oh my ulcers thanks (laughs)
1: logan
3: (laughs) oh man that makes more sense all right moving on from that Hot
1: garbage that's of right, a, hot claws garbage <laughs>
3: yeah of a development we actually have a topic that's a little more serious it's uh it hit hit basically yesterday is really when it broke out um but apparently Kelly Marie tran of uh Star Wars episode eight, the last Jedi fame, also known as Rose, also known as the Asian girl from star Wars, because that's basically how many people know her. Um, also known as the worst thing that's ever happened to star Wars since Jar Jar. If you listen to some people, well, apparently those people have weighed heavily on her enough that she, uh, deleted her Instagram, which is kind of crummy, uh, particularly noteworthy because, uh, she was known for running a really upbeat and endearing, endearing, uh Instagram where like she was just very positive and was always putting out positive vibes and everything. And um, yeah, so she uh, she's done with it. And apparently it's because she's been getting harassed continuously. And uh, what do you guys think about this? Let's let's get your take, Phil.
1: People need to grow the fuck up. I'm sorry. I mean, oh, I'm so fatigued of Star Wars fans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it really comes down to. I mean, um, it's almost as bad as people's political views these days. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm. S- and it's funny because I come on here and I give my hot takes but I'm bitching about other people's hot takes but it's just like oh my god it's a fucking film guys like there's more important things going on in the world Mm -hmm. and you're wasting your fucking energy to harass an, an actor who in my opinion did a fine job and she was putting out positive vibes out on the internet, which there isn't enough about. And, uh, yeah. you know, you had to take that away from not only her, but people who actually enjoyed her Instagram feed, which is horseshit. Fucking mm-hmm. g- grow up. Grow up, man. Just, oh, man, I'm, I'm sick of, I'm sick of these people. And I'm friends with a lot of them. I mean, not people that harassed, um, harassed her, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm friends with a bunch of, anti-star wars get kathleen kennedy out of office i'll never give them any more money <laughs> until she's gone they ruined it sure. I, I i even had somebody tell me like yeah i mean I, it's a shame i really thought that george lucas was doing a fine job and now look what look where we're at just like <laughs> like where, where 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 have you been for the Where's, early 2000s yeah where were you for about a decade jesus how about uh, you sweetie?
2: So this, this video goes on a uh, patreon, right? Yeah. Yeah, everyone needs to, to subscribe and give so they can see the the filth face. It's worth it. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's worth it's right it. there. Um, it's like a I, muppet made flesh.: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a very manly muppet. Or a muppet of a man.:
3: <laughs> Sorry Tony, sorry,
2: go <laughs> ahead. go please, ahead. man. please. Um interrupt me anytime. You're, you're going to call anyone a muppet. Um, I saw Star Wars on Thursday. I think we recorded our, our um, Geek Versus podcast episode on Saturday. By Sunday, I was over it. Like, I, was, I wasn't a big fan of the movie, but I was done with it. I watched it. There was stuff I liked, stuff I didn't like. I moved on. I forgot it's even still a thing. I saw the article and I was like, what? What are people even going on about? Isn't that, that that's over? You know, like you said, it's been six months or whatever. Yeah. Um, So people are assholes. That is not a secret. Um, People on the internet are even more so assholes. That is not a secret. But I will say this. When you put yourself out there, whether it be any sort of content creation, uh, uh, a celebrity, I would definitely consider her a celebrity to be in a Star Wars movie. That's celebrity status. Um, There's certain things that come with it, and it's shitty people, unfortunately. Yep. So what I don't like is I totally respect and get while well, she doesn't like, I don't want to do this anymore. These people are getting on my nerves, but I don't, I don't think it's anyone else's fault. It's her choice, you know, to, to not want to do her Instagram anymore. Right. But you know, don't, don't blame it on shitty people. They're, they're everywhere. Um, hell, I, hopefully this isn't putting anything out of the bag. Uh, uh botch got a one star review. Oh no! Um, And it's just an example of, you know, and I don't know, maybe it was a nice review, but there's always going to be people that that enjoy that negativity. You got to brush them off. You got to, now, I don't know to what extent. I don't follow her Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. so it may be, you know, I say that, like, whatever people are mean, it may be the most vile, disgusting stuff. I don't know that.
3: I mean, yeah, because here's the thing, you know, she's, first of all, she's a female and we know, we know how a lot of dudes out there conduct themselves on the internet in regards to females. Uh, She's a, you know, Asian American who, you know, that's so a minority on top of that, which means we also know how a lot of people are, especially in this current political climate and everything like race is such a hot issue. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like what, what minority status you might subscribe to, not subscribe to, but belong to, sorry. Um, yeah, or your I don't, stance. I don't,
2: I don't get subscription options. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Tony, come on. let's Don't
3: lie. You do
2: <laughs> you, private you. privacy update recently. And I had to select which one, I mean,
3: yeah. it is what it is uh but no i mean like yeah so she's a woman she's gonna face that scrutiny and i'm sure that there's like sexist bullshit getting shot her way you know there's probably inappropriate like really inappropriate heinous stuff being said about her her you know her gender and her sexuality on top of that addressing her ethnicity that I, i i really don't care how strong you are you can only take so much of that, you know what I mean, before you're going to break. Like everybody is going to break under that weight eventually, if you pay attention to it. Now, saying that, I have I lately I've been I've been listening to a lot of podcasts with comedians, stand up comedians. Um, actually, I've I've been binging uh, Bobby Lee's show Tiger Belly, which you can catch on YouTube or po- any podcatcher, um, which is chaotic bliss for me like it's completely insane sometimes and other times it's actually pretty you know heartwarming and wholesome and everything
2: but like i didn't even know he was still doing anything to be honest
3: oh yeah no well and we're i'm going to talk about that again later because we have another thing that kind of relates to it but he was talking with he was on tom segura's podcast recently and they were talking about how you just can't like, especially if you're a stand-up comic, for example, you just can't read the comments. Like you can't read what people send you. And Tom's wife was basically like, yeah, I just like, I block people all the time. Like if they, if they hit a certain criteria of stuff that they're talking about and I don't want to hear it, I just block them immediately. No big, you know, she's just like, she has no problem. Just like goodbye. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I kind of get that, but yeah, like I've seen a lot of people who are in the public eye, especially people who like comedians, for example, open themselves up to criticism because they're out there. They're always pushing the edge. You know, they're, they're often saying inflammatory, potentially offensive things. And of course people are going to, and plus there's all the drama in the, in the scene and everything as well. Um, But they're like, yeah, you just can't, you have to insulate yourself from that stuff. Because there, no matter how harmless you think you are, there's going to be shitty people out there that are going to just like go for your throat.
2: And I don't want to make it seem like any of that's okay. Right. It's not, don't be shitty. And again, there's, there's, there's shitty of like, man, I hated that character, which, Hey, I did too, to be honest with you. And then there's again, death threats and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to make people just feel horrible. Come on. Um, that's,
3: that's always been my thing is like, if you want to look at a movie, okay. Star Wars, the stakes are high, right? It's, it's the most popular franchise on the planet. People really, and because it's a franchise that spans 40 years, people who've been around for a while have really strong feelings about what they grew up with. People who've had not been around for a while, have strong feelings about what they grew up with. And people in the middle are just kind of like, kind of like a little bit of all of it, but I don't like, you know what I mean? So people are all over the spectrum on how they feel about various eras of Star Wars, but like, that shouldn't matter. Like, it's still just like, if you see a Star Wars film or any film that you don't like, It's okay to be like, hey, I didn't like that for this reason. You can look at The Last Jedi and say, I didn't like the Rose character because of this. You can also look at it and be like, I don't think that character really fit into the narrative. I thought it detracted from what was going on and still say, but her performance was fine or even good. Like I've watched movies where I've been like, holy shit, this person was great in this movie, but I hated that character and it completely disrupted the story. And same thing with TV shows, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, Phil, you look like you got something to say.
1: Oh, no. I just think that Star Wars deserves better fans.
3: <laughs> oh, and that's, uh, the problem is it's such a, the umbrella is so big on the yeah. fandom for Star Wars. And,
1: and I'm curious on what all these people are going to move on to once all these movies stop coming out.
2: Well, they're never going to stop.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well, that's the a thing. thing that's the thing. It's just, it's a shame because like when Solo came out, you know i got on rotten tomatoes and i was reading these reviews and they are just people are tanking the reviews without even seeing the film yet it's mm-hmm. just like yeah you you've got nothing better to do with your time you know it's just i don't know i'm a little frustrated in, in this whole
3: i saw okay I saw, not related to star wars i saw that happen um on the dragon con facebook page where somebody posted uh, the, the preview video for the Final Fantasy VII Remake, where it showed it paired up with scenes from the original version of the game and how it's gonna look different and everything. And somebody's like, garbage tier third-person combat pass or what? something like that. And I, I actually went after that, dude. I was like, first, I was like, <laughs> I go, what did I, I said Something like uh, trash tier low effort opinions, am I right? Cause my whole thing was like, you haven't played the fucking game. Yeah. Nobody's played that fucking game. The only people who've played that game are people who work for Squaresaw, you know, like that's it. It, It's not out. Like nobody's gotten preview copies. Like nobody knows what that game's going to play like yet. We haven't seen sufficient gameplay. We we've seen snippets and you're already like, that's trash. That's garbage. garbage. It's not what I want, so it's garbage. And it's like, what? Come on, people. Like, why are people. Why do people waste the time, of the precious moments of your life, going around and shitting on things that you don't even know what it's going to look like yet? Now, if you want to do. Like, we talked about earlier this year, or yeah, this year, I talked about my experience with Destiny 2. Where I walked in, there was a lot of negative press and a lot of negative feedback about Destiny 2, and I walked in despite that and played it. I enjoyed it for a while, but then I ran into the stuff that people were complaining about. And, you know, after a month, I was like, oh, shit, you're right. You know, like a lot of you guys were right. You were, you were on the money. That's a completely different thing. Like, I waded into those waters and still bumped into the things that people were complaining about, and I was like, you know what? I might not feel as strongly as some people, but I, yeah, I see you. I feel you. You know what I mean? True. It's and just, fine to be critical.
1: Just it's when tr- EA, you know, came out before Battlefront 2 or Battlefront whatever, you know, was, was saying that they were going to micro charge everybody for everything. I, I you know it, I said, nope, not for me. And I moved yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, it's, And we can talk about how
3: we think that's a bad decision, how we think it's anti-consumerist. We, like we have. We talked about that on the show. And I'm fine with, I'm always fine with people being critical. I'm not fine with people going after, you know, whether it be game devs or filmmakers or, you know, actors or other creators. Like, you know, if you have an issue with the product, address the product. If you have an issue with the performance, address the performance. You should not have an issue with the person unless they're a shitty person.
2: You know what I mean? And and that's the thing I feel like a lot of people don't realize. Um, Again, I didn't like the character of Rose, but sure. I promise you Kelly Marie Tran didn't write it. Right. And and say this is I'm going to save Finn <laughs> yeah. in this random spot. I I would bet money she didn't come up with that. You know, so right. I just don't get um, you know, again, I don't like that part, but she probably had very little to do with it, you know.
3: And I f- I feel like somebody like you know, Kelly gets put in this position of like, Star Wars is a career maker, right? Like, if you do Star Wars, you have the potential to become huge.
2: Or you can just retire. <laughs>
3: well, yeah. well, it can go both ways, because you can always get hit with the Mark Hamill hammer, too. You know what I mean? True. Like Harrison the, uh... Ford, Harrison Ford does Star Wars and goes on to make a gajillion more movies that are all pretty successful. He's a six you know, he always plays himself and everything, but he ultimately is a, a successful movie star. You know, he makes a ton of money through the rest of his career. Mark Hamill can't get a gig for years because he's Luke Skywalker. And that's all anybody can see when he walks into an audition.
2: Fucking cock knocker.
3: <laughs> <and laughs> cock knocker. Yeah. Eventually has to do uh, voice work, but kills it in voice work and slowly starts to earn his way back over into doing other stuff as he also gets older. So yeah, you can get, and that's this other, but it's a huge payday. It's, a, it's, a, it, it, it's such a kingmaker franchise where it's like it can make you or break you. You'd be crazy not to take it. You know what I mean? Like Daisy Ridley was a relative nobody, literally a nobody when she took, the you know, the, the role of Rey. John Boyega was around. He had done some stuff, but he wasn't big like he is now.
2: You know what it I mean? It was, you know, that dude from Attack the Block. Right. From what? Exactly.
3: You haven't seen yeah. Attack the Block yet. Right. Exactly. And, you know, so like, it's not these people's fault that they took a job, a a dream job. You know what I mean? I don't even get mad at the guy who played Jar Jar. Like do the job. I hate that character. Ahmed Brooks.
2: Never forget.
3: (laughs) I I fucking hate Jar Jar, but I would never put it on the person who just showed up and did their job. You know what I mean?
2: You know, the thing I don't get, and I've said this um, on, on my show, numerous shows And it's ironic considering I'm a podcaster, but I just I literally cannot understand why people care that much about most anything, especially something negative. Like, why do you care that much to get upset? Yeah, and it just
1: it blows my mind. It really. Ownership over it. Yeah, this was made for me, not for you know I the power of the people. This is mine. I know I own this. This is my, my lifeblood. And if you're going to fuck with that, well then fuck you.
3: Well, I think a lot of it falls back to the, all right. So the, the idiom is everyone's entitled to their own opinion, right? I actually sure. fucking hate that phrase. And I'll tell you why I hate
2: that. I, everybody is entitled to an opinion. I had no doubt you you weren't going to tell us. Like
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, Everybody is entitled to opinion. Obviously, you know, everybody can have an opinion. But people take that and they, they wave it like this banner of like, I can say whatever the fuck I want and it doesn't matter who I shit on or, you know, like there are no consequences. It, it's kind of like the whole free speeching. The First people, Amendment thing, yeah. Yeah, people are like, oh, I have a right to say what I want. It's like you have a right. To not be persecuted by the government for what you say, you do not have a right to not be held accountable for the things you say by literally everybody else you interact with in life.
2: I was thinking about this the other day. A lot of times, I'll see people. I don't know why people care about what I post on my wall, like because it was some ignorant shit. You can't just, Mm -hmm. you know. That's why. Because that wall, like, yeah,
3: okay. That person is, you know, either your friend or family member or even just acquaintance. And like Facebook is, is a great example. Twitter is a bit different because Twitter, you'll just follow people. They might follow you. Things will get retweeted. Things will come across. It's like, it's, it's, it's the wild west of the internet. You know, it's just messages shooting all over the place. But Facebook is, you choose who you're friends with on Facebook and they choose you. And when you share stuff and you share your life and your thoughts and your feelings, you're sharing them with your friends and your family and your acquaintances, if you put something out there that's really radical and if it's whether it's ignorant and what racist or some other form of bigotry
2: or sWAT cats <laughs> they were the radical squadron I'm sorry I,
3: you, you put something like that out there. People legitimately feel like well now if I don't say something, one, you're like, I've I've fought with people on Facebook about stuff like this. And I've been like, I care about you. You're one of my friends, you're one of my family. And I, I'm not trying to tell you how to think, but like, I'm trying to challenge you to realize that what you just said is really, it's not helping anything a lot of, you know, because more times than not, it's not, I don't surround myself with people who are like, fuck star Wars fans, you know, like literally like fuck everybody who likes star Wars. You are the trash of the earth. And I wish you would die in a fiery apocalypse. And you can substitute star Wars fan for literally anything of actual consequence. Um, those people just, I don't have time for you in my life. You know what I mean? Like you, you, there's no space here for you, but there are people who will say stuff like, I don't really get with all the, whole hubbub is about like me too or kneeling <laughs> for the anthem. You know, like, they'll be like, I don't understand why they have to make such a big deal about it. And I'm like, because it matters to those people. You know what I mean? It's like, it matters to people. So when you, like, say something fucking ignorant like that, like, if it doesn't matter to you, just move on. If you didn't like this movie, you, it's fine to be like, hey, I didn't like this movie. And then move the fuck on. Um, if you you know, go point by point and you critique something, expect people to challenge you on those critiques. I mean, that's what we did. The last Jedi panel was a fucking crazy thing that we did. You know what I mean? People got real. They got out there with their opinions and their perspectives and they got scrutinized and analyzed and picked apart by other people on the panel. And Dennis got me.
2: <laughs> he got me, No, but I mean, this, this is the, um, the venue for that, you know? Right. And, and again it's one thing to go back and forth about the movie, you know, talk about the product, but not you know like you said the the players, not the actors, not the right. you know no one's mad at the gaffer, you know.
3: I mean, Phil, you're not you're not mad at Alan Tudyk because you didn't like K2SO, right?
2: Whoa, 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 what? I'm gonna kill you.
1: You've, no, no. It's I'm gonna kill you for your shitty bit. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like, I'll you run like that spear right some? through Wash again. Um, oh, wow! Spoilers. Um, no, and and that's the thing. It's like I even during the uh, like you said the last Jedi panel, we fought about opinions, but we weren't attacking each other. You know, yeah. because it's at the end of the day, man. There's more important shit going on in the world. <laughs>
3: I mean the only thing the only thing from that panel where it got personal was when like I've continued to give Dennis shit about 7 out of 10 I hated it but that's that's just cuz his idea of a of a scaling rating system is completely different to everybody else I know, but that's not that's not cuz Dennis is a horrible person he is.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, but
3: that is that's not why. Hill,
1: I mean you can't argue with him. He's a hill mutant. His family <laughs> is the family from the Hills Have Eyes, like they're a family of freaks and should never be talked to or trusted, but I mean that's what makes him him.
2: Absolutely.
1: So anyway,
2: so So everyone everyone just lost (laughs) one Instagram follower
3: (laughs) I don't even have an Instagram well I don't have a public Instagram
1: so this hit the news I believe last night that the long awaited Jared Leto movie that nobody wanted is is in production he's going to reprise his methed out Joker from the 2016 Suicide Squad there are no scripts or any details yet but apparently it's in the works. I didn't see Suicide Squad. Um, I could. I think it's on HBO. I have no fucking care to see it. And Suicide uh,
2: Squad is probably on TNT at this
1: point. Fucking hashtag not my Joker. So I'll probably just end up skipping this if it ever does hit the light of day. Well,
3: I have weird feelings about this. Um, this is another great example of... A situation where you can hate a car- like you can hate the way this ca- this Jer- Joker looks and the way it was written and everything about it it doesn't mean that Jared Leto didn't try really fucking hard to do a good job because he did I mean we talked about that here on this show uh, we talked about how he shot like an entire film worth of footage and they used like none of it
2: they're um, probably not even shooting a new movie they're yeah, probably they're not- they're
3: just <laughs> it together <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is such a fucking, this is one of those things, like the, 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 the public feedback on that version of the Joker is tenuous to say the least. Like it is very divided and it's not even like there's a lot of people in the pro new Joker camp. There's a lot of like the vast majority of fans are like, no. I was thinking about this when, it was, when I saw the announcement the other day. and I was like, you know, I think the problem that's missing from that Joker is that the Joker is generally pretty classy, even though he's crazy. And then I was like, but if we look at the Heath Ledger Joker, that slips a little bit, right? Like, he trades off some of that classiness for a little more chaotic and, and truly wild um, element to it and like i don't know man like i i'm not going to go see this in the theater i can promise you that i've been burned by fucking dc movies too many times lately i'll just wait
2: but i'll be there um i i'll i'll say it helps that i have movie pass but <laughs> i will i will <laughs> well, go no, i will movie, will movie pass be there that's the real question yeah true i will complain on the way to the theater when i'm about to go like oh this fucking movie this is gonna be trash. One, please look at this garbage, and then I'll see what happens. You know, that's that's actually that was how I was literally going into solo. I I had very low hopes and was like, oh, and I ended up enjoying it more than I expected. So, same I've for worked. a a low price, a movie pass or a matinee price. Sure. I'll I'll give it a shot, and you know, who knows. Did people
1: uh, not like his Joker because they were comparing it to Heath Ledger, and they just are so in love with Heath Ledger? Or did he not get enough screen time to fully develop his style of the Joker? Or I think, I think, I, I, I I think it's because it's
3: just like it's he, he his version of the Joker is the trap music of, you know like the trap rap of Jokers like. It's it's trying so hard to be like an edgy urban version of the Joker, but it's like.
1: So if like Heath Ledger is grunge music Joker, so he was trying to go for like punk rock.
3: Not even punk like, rock. You're trying to go, you're basically trying to go Lil Wayne. You know what yeah, I mean? OK, like, I got you. Or, or like, you know, uh, Southern crunk rap. You know what I mean? Like, oh, just, uh,
2: hey, now, hey, hey now. now, hey, now. That's a little bit different, um, um, but no. The the trap. Who's the? Isn't there a white rapper out right now? Or maybe he's light skinned I don't know. That has the dreads and the tattoos everywhere. Uh, Post Malone. Maybe that. I don't know. Sure, yeah.
3: he's like that's the. A, that's he, a thing, like, right? He hit number one and shit on a bunch of charts and stuff like crazy. I mean, that's. It,
2: it, it. Yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what the new Joker looks like. Yeah yeah yep yep (laughs) uh, the thing is so hip paul (laughs) (laughs)
3: i'm not i spend a lot of time on the internet so i'm aware of things i also have a lot of interest so i bump into things but uh i I couldn't name a post malone song if i heard it though i'd be
2: like what is this what is this music (laughs) musical but but Uh, yeah phil he's he's you know, when the first images came out, it was like, Oh God, he has tattoos. Is it? Oh really? And so he's, he's tatted up. He has the grills in his teeth. It's, you know what? I, I, I am going to go
3: back to what I said about the Joker being classy, despite being crazy. So if we talk about the movie portrayals, you go back, Jack Nicholson, classy. He's got that, like, you know, that, roaring 20s looking, you know, the old mob style thing going on. Um, Still crazy. Even Heath Ledger, like, what he's not, that trench coat makes it look like he's a street person. Homeless, yeah. But, like, when he's in the police station, he's wearing the pinstripe vests and stuff like, you know what I mean? He's wearing nice clothing that was nice at one point. You know what I mean? Like, classy stuff. It's not classy anymore because he's been out, you know just being an agent of chaos, but like this one is just like, yeah, all materialistic, which is interesting because that's kind of against the Joker aesthetic, isn't it? Like Joker doesn't steal things because he cares about money. He steals things because he wants to sow chaos. You know, he just wants to be this, this random force of nature.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, I will will say this uh, to Phil's point. He does he had a lot of hate going into the movie. Like everyone hated the images. And he he's barely in the movie. Yeah. So you really don't get any information about him other than he's trying to save Harley. Another part of the problem is
3: the way he was used in the movie. He was like this Like when you play a video game and they keep showing like the special character or whatever, the villain or whatever, for just a second, he shows up and he goes, ah, and then he disappears for, you know, for another 20 minutes. (laughs) Who the fuck was that guy? What is he doing here? Yeah. That was the thing is he wasn't, he wasn't a part of the core narrative. He wasn't, you didn't have any time to get familiar with that version of the character. It just doesn't. Yeah. I don't know.
1: So then what kind of storyline are they going to try to put with this Joker film?
3: I have no idea, man. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can't do an origin story on him because nobody knows his actual origin. So that's one, like...
3: Well, it's been done, though, too. You know I mean? It was done in Batman 89. It was done in in Suicide Squad. They showed it. Yeah. You know, they, they yeah, I, would, in,
2: they I wouldn't out. mind seeing how he... Like, because I think you get the impression in the movie he's, like, big-time gangster at that point. Yeah. So, you know, how'd he come up? How'd he get there? Sure. You look like a clown who takes you serious, you know, or, you know, where, when did that come in? So. See, I
3: would have been way more interested to see that film with Diablo. Cause he was, I thought Diablo was one of the standouts of Suicide Squad. I thought he was great. Um, Cause he was that street character. You know what I mean? That, and just like
2: you, you mean Hispanic,
3: no, but he he was not. He said
1: his, 90% less racist.
2: He so. 90% less racist. No, he but he's got the. You're, a, you're absolutely right. I agree with you 100% to, just to be clear.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's got the street gang aesthetic going on. I mean, that's where he comes from. They show that. But he had an interesting story arc in the film where he's like, oh, I've fucking destroyed everything I care about because of the stupid power I have. I would like to see an origin, you know, flick with him playing that role, watch him come up, watch all of that stuff come to be, because it would be a great tragedy. You know, it would be an excellent Greek tragedy-style story in an urban setting. I'm a big fan of taking, you know, classical themes and classical uh, narrative structures and applying it to a modern theme, a modern setting, and I think they should do that. Like, that
2: would be great. Did you like the new Harley? And then follow-up question, do you think – she would do you think she she fits well with what we know of joker so far
3: yeah she was good i mean it's such a touchy subject because like the quote unquote true fans are like that's not harley and i'm like eh, it is though i mean it's just a little bit edgier than normal, and but it's still there. It's in her character. and I mean, she did a good job. I, I, mean, right there, yeah. I think Margot Robbie is one of the most talented actresses in Hollywood right now, like, to come up out of almost nowhere. Phil's just shaking his head like, <laughs> oh, you, you sick, sick man.
1: I'm just surprised that they went back to Jared Leto. Yeah. Because I, I, I almost am positive he spoke out against Suicide Squad publicly.
3: Well, because he was pissed.
1: Yeah, because – 90% of he,
3: his stuff was He filmed dozens of hours of, you know what I mean, like he he said in one interview that they he put enough film down to do an entire film.
1: That's like so as
3: crazy. as a main actor on a, you know what I mean? And that was how it was sold to him, like the whole role. There Well, like, that hey. was
1: if I remember the trailers correctly, that's how it was sold to a lot of people. Like the oh, yeah. the whole trailers had him in it quite a lot. I mean, was his to the point where his name was even on the poster right yeah so i don't know and and traditionally they they hop around actors when they when they do a joker so i was hoping to see someone else maybe take on the role to see what they could do with it but it's still early you know it's they just announced that it's possibly in production so yeah you know we've had movies fall apart in the past you know gambit and just never see the light of day so we'll we'll see (laughs)
2: I am on the William Dafoe Joker train. A
1: hundred percent. Buy me a ticket exactly. for that. But I'll with even, that, I'll even take Leonardo DiCaprio.
2: I'll buy that. Yeah, I I, I could see him more as someone else. Yeah. Like uh, Two Face. Two Face, a Riddler I, or something. He would be. Uh, I just like Dafoe. Awesome. He's, he's the craziest one out there. If not him, uh, Gary Busey. Busey, yeah. <laughs>
1: Busey is – oh, my God. No, oh, Gary Busey just has to be Bane. Gary um, Busey just shows up as Gary Busey.
2: But with that, I will say I um, never doubt um, – who's the, who's the guy playing Joker? Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. That's, that's how much uh, um, I believe in him. I forgot his name. But in all, sinceri- in all seriousness, never doubt Jared Leto. I think, like you said, whatever he does, he's going to do it 100%. Is going to throw himself into it? And I think it could work. I think the design's a little crappy, but I think Jared Leto can and will make it work.
3: Yeah. I think, like, because I've been a fan of his acting for a long time, and now his personality outside of that, you know, because there's there's some press about him being kind of a pretentious pain in the ass sometimes, uh, which I get, but, like, his his acting like uh requiem for a dream was incredible he was awesome in that he's he was awesome in a lot of stuff early in his career he's a really talented guy i don't think it's his fault that suicide squad was such a chop job of a film i don't think it's any of their faults honestly like uh the guy who played rick flag who was in altered carbon he was awesome in altered carbon like fucking incredible i thought that guy was a hack because the line, the dialogue was so bad in Suicide Squad. you know, Suicide talking Squad.
2: about uh, Robocop?
3: Yeah, yeah, Robocop, yeah. I forgot
2: he was in Suicide Squad.
3: And actually, I really actually quite like the new Robocop movie, too. Like, it's not, it's not an amazing movie, but it was fine. It was fun. You know, it was good, like, Saturday afternoon fare, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you were saying, like a matinee. Like, I didn't see it in the theaters, but, like, it was good, dumb fun. Not as yeah. iconic as the originals, but how could I it? enjoyed
2: it. Um, I I remember seeing it. My buddy wanted to see it for his birthday. I was like, Hell yeah, dude! And we went and we had a great time, yeah. and it was a pleasant memory.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Leto's got the chops, man. I mean, he yeah. was he was good in di- uh, Dallas Buyers Club, and he was yeah. great and creepy in in the new Blade Runner. So
3: yep. Oh god, he was awesome in Blade yeah, Runner. Yeah, he was awesome. totally nailed that. Runner, yeah, so. like he's a talented guy. Um, I definitely don't put Suicide Squad troubles on him I, I don't put it on any of them you know what i mean
2: uh, I s- actually there's one i do blame it's uh kelly marie tran I-
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you beat me to the joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she she definitely ruined suicide squad damn it by not being in it <laughs> uh she definitely should have been katana uh <laughs> this is katana her sword
1: steals
2: your soul the movie was cool until it like tried yeah. too hard there was that the i guess what was it katana like that god mystical oh, no
3: that's uh enchantress
2: yeah when she went bad and that's and another, another guy became a giant and i was like what the fuck what is happening so
3: Kara Delavine who played enchantress is awesome right now like she's she's got a hot career going on right now and she's been in a bunch of stuff really talented not so good in that movie just because the role was so Choppy, you know what I mean? Like it was so absurd. She was great in Valerian, though, um, even though that movie didn't do well and some people don't care for it, but she was awesome in it. You know what I mean? They're really strong performance. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, let you hear a message from our sponsors, or potentially just let you hear messages. I don't know. Something's going to happen. And we'll be right back after the break.
1: Hey guys, Phil here to talk to you about patreoncom breaking the panel. If you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. We have three different levels over there. $1, $5, and $10. $1 is just you slipping the tip right into a... Uh, oh boy. $5 gets you into the Discord so you can join the conversation and make fun of Charles right to his face. And at $10, you get exclusive content, be via panels, video, whatever we want to give you at $10. This week, we released our E3 coverage where me and Paul break down rumors, speculations, and what we hope is coming out of E3.
3: Let's take a listen. Microsoft doesn't have much in the way of compelling exclusives. Because that was the big driving force of of the last decade or so, decade and a half, was, you know, the, the whole Microsoft versus Sony battle for consoles has been well, we've got these exclusives. You got those. Halo, there's no Halo. You know, Bungie's not working on a Halo game as far as we know. Yep. So there's nothing driving people, you know, and Destiny is in a rough spot right now with Destiny 2. They're recovering a bit with the recent DLC, but perception is still pretty rough.
1: Oh boy, I doubt we're even close to some of those predictions. We're doing a follow up show as well next week where we break down what actually happened at E3 and address everything that I terribly got wrong. And the only place to get that's over at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. All right, guys and gals, let's get back to breaking the panel.
3: Yeah, we're back from the break. Hopefully, uh, that sucked as much as possible for oh, you. Oh, come
1: on. I try my best on these mid-show Patreon ads, you dick. <laughs>
3: no, actually, they're off I'm great. deleting
1: my Instagram account. <laughs>
3: You should. Uh, You disgust me. All right. So uh, on the gaming front, there's some interesting news that came out of uh, Valve today. Uh, Valve being the developer of um, virtually no video games anymore, because why develop video games when you are the caretakers for the largest platform and storefront for video games on PC? none other than Steam. Uh, Steam has been the subject of some controversy lately because they pulled, they gave notices to developers of a couple of uh, adult-only games, uh, namely Anime, Anime Titty Fair, like, uh, you know.
2: And Anime Titty Fair, too. Hentai simulators,
3: if you will. Um, So it, it raised the question of should a digital, you know, a digital platform like Steam, should they be in the business of censoring or allowing slash disallowing what kind of content is offered through their service? And, you know, should they basically, should they be selling games with explicit sexual content on there? Um, Should they be selling hyper violent games? Should, you know, any number of things. Uh, And another thing that put them kind of in the spotlight recently is they did pull the plug on a game uh, that was basically a school shooting simulator. And they were like, nope. Uh, they, They basically said, no, this game is not... This isn't attempting to be a real game. This is just trying to capitalize on everything that's going on right now in in America with the school shootings. It's insensitive, it's unnecessary, and we're just not going to support it. And they've doubled down on that, but they did say today um, that they are going to open the floodgates and they are no longer going to make themselves responsible for curating what kind of content is available on the platform. Uh, The only thing they're really going to lock down on is anything that's deemed illegal So it violates the laws of whatever country they're operating in or is uh, clearly just trolling, like clearly just trying to cause drama, which in the case of, you know, school shooting simulator is one of those things. Um, So they're going to allow sexual content and what they're they're going to redouble their efforts. They're going to basically take the whole team that was focused on reviewing games that were reported for inappropriate content and they're going to redirect them towards building tools that will allow users to determine what kind of content they see, you know, what they, what games they can buy, what are available through their storefront. Um, I think this is in particular really applies to parents, you know, Um, parents having some control over what can my kid get into? You know what I mean? Can my kid grab a free to play game that has sexual content? Uh, Can my kid, Jump into and buy a game that has sexual content. You know what I mean. Uh, that that's a big question. Uh, even violence too. I mean, there are parents who crack down on the level of violence they want their children exposed to. Um, so that's a question as well. So kind of like, I'm interested to hear what your guys' thoughts are here. Um, particularly, uh, I know Phil, this is more close, you know, close to where you're at. But um, Tony, I feel like you probably have some insight as well. What do you guys think about this? Like. Good, bad,
2: unsure? I think it's good. Um, I don't think they need to be the – you know, the problem is if you start censoring yourself, what's the line? What's, what's sure. offensive to one person? Is it offensive to another person? Uh, does it show a boob or is it explicit, you know, sexual action or whatever you want to call it? Um, and there, ha- I, I think there has to be some onus on – on a parent, you know, um, I don't, there has to be some onus again, because I'm, I just don't think, you know, steam shouldn't be do your parenting job for you, Mm -hmm. you know? So they're, they're there to make money and make games accessible. There is a market for Mm -hmm. sexual games and, you know, ultraviolet games, violet, ultraviolet games, they're just purple and uh, ultraviolet <laughs> games. Um, so yeah, I don't think they need to limit themselves just to appease a few mm-hmm. crying parents or whatever it may be.
1: Well, I'm I'm on Steam right now because I'm I'm unsure, but I'm almost positive they have like a parental guidance option built into Steam. Mm. I feel like that's a thing, so that. You can tailor your your searches, well, right?
3: The trade-off is you can make a Steam account for free. So you, all you have to do is go yeah, to – any kids who are listening, this is exactly how you circumvent any parental controls. You go make your own account by making your own email on a free email site. Like, I mean, not
1: not Moogle. <laughs> or <laughs> Mahu. Mm-hmm.
3: But, I mean <laughs> – Who uses Yahoo?
1: I mean – um yeah I mean I can understand why they pull games from their from their catalog because well they're a private company and they're providing a service and they get to have who they want to represent them on their service it makes sense um but at the same time it's like are you are you of the age of 18 like everybody's lied on that shit and changed their birthday to make it so you're 22 years old and of course I'm You know, allowed to enter this website. I
3: still do that, and I'm 34. Mostly (laughs) because I just don't want to go to my exact age. No, I just, (laughs) I still in Steam, because if you go into any, like, mature game, it's like, to even read the stuff about the game, you have to click through the age thing. I still just, like, every, like, and they said that. They're like, yeah, Valve has released that information. Like, apparently about 90% of all of our customers were born on January 1st.
1: Well, it's just like <laughs> you have my address, my credit card number, yeah. and you have my birth date. Stop asking me if I'm fucking 18 already. You right. know I am, which is a little annoying. But I don't see any problem in, in in trying to, you know, instead of... I'm kind of
3: all over. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no,
1: no. Instead of cutting people off and saying, your games aren't allowed on our service, they're trying to find a, a workaround to make it a better experience for everybody
3: yeah um, we'll see i think it's noteworthy though that uh obviously nintendo doesn't have anything uh, the most egregious thing that i think is on nintendo's platform is bayonetta right
1: i mean on but, on the switch yes i mean you had Conker's bad fur day
3: oh well yeah Back okay. on
1: 64 sure
3: um but, you know, PlayStation and 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 uh, Microsoft on their digital stores, they don't have anything. Well, actually, so one of the ones that gets brought up a lot is Witcher 3. You know, Witcher 3 is a highly regarded game, got great reviews. Uh, it's a very mature game because it's a fully realized fantasy world where the main character is a steamy fucking Witcher hunk. You know what I mean? Like this muscly... Woman slang, both figuratively and literally, <laughs> uh, character who you have. I've played it, and you have romantic options with sex scenes with pretty much every female main storyline character. And you can go to whorehouses and patron some of the, the local hookers. So, <clears throat> you know, there is. Are you going to say, okay, well, Witcher 3 can't be on our platform? It's, that's a t- I mean, obviously, 99% of that game's gameplay is not focused on sex. Sure. But it has it in it, you know? And that's an award-winning game, a hugely popular game, uh, you know, a huge fan base. Like, that would be really controversial if you were to pull it. So I think they, they probably came to a similar conclusion that you guys did where it's like, you know, honestly, if we can't, we can't draw a line because somebody will be like, well, what about all this other stuff that's already over the line? because witcher 3 is a triple a game essentially it's from an independent studio but it's a triple a quality game it's got you know hundreds of hours of potential gameplay in it it's not a a cash grab for you know people who want to fap while they play video games you know what i mean because that's that's really the target of the original censorship was like hey we don't want you know.
1: We don't want them fappers around.
3: But I mean, I do think that they should exercise some control. Uh, for example, if it, if one of the simulators is putting like Lolita types in, you know, characters that are genuinely stylized to look like children, well, I really don't think you should have that on your platform.
2: That goes back to the local laws thing, though. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> and so I'm not saying let everything through sure but you know again it is their business and they have to use some discretion um but
1: at the end of the day you know it's not steam's responsibility to raise my kid it is my job as a parent to educate myself and to know what my kid's playing watching and listening to and then i make that decision and it's it's not you know it's made for kid by kid. You know, what's good yeah. for my kid is mm-hmm. going to be different for your kid. So sure, it's my job to fucking raise my kid. And Yeah.
3: I mean, I've met 12-year-olds that are Game of Thrones fans, and I've been like, what? Why? Why were you allowed? And then I talk to the parent, and the parent's like, no, my kid's really mature. It's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, know, yeah, cool. And I, I get that because I was a mature kid. You know what I mean? I was reading you know, books, like adult books and I was reading, not adult, like yeah. I wasn't reading romance novel. Well, actually I was a little bit. Um, when I was in junior high, I read Christopher Pike, which was Christopher Pike, if you remember from the 90s was basically you know, they're horror books but they had like you know, teen melodrama and you know, sexual relationships and stuff in them. Not explicit <laughs> but characters made out and hooked up and stuff like that. And when I was like 10 11 12 i was grabbing my sister's hand-me-downs and reading them you know what i mean because my sister's much older than me um so yeah i mean that was the whole thing is like but i it didn't fuck me up and my parents were fine with it you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) well i mean you know fuck you no what fucked me up was seeing a clockwork orange at like age five whoa yeah I've told that story before. Yeah. We don't have to tell it again. Uh, but yeah, no. So uh, it's it, this is an interesting thing. Um, the author, this was an article pulled off of Kotaku. Not my favorite game review site. Not review, but, you know, gaming uh, news site. Uh, also not my favorite author at that site, uh, Nathan Grayson. But that's okay. Uh, the, the write-up is pretty on the nose, though. It's pretty fine. Uh, he did comment down in the bottom in the comments. The reason I met, even mentioned him was because he's like, in case there's any doubt as to where I stand on this, uh, I think this is a terrible idea. And so, you know, props to him for writing what was a seemingly objective piece and then going into his own comment section and putting in his opinion.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, but yeah, well, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know what I mean? Like, does this open the floodgate for a bunch of really canist content or does it pretty much go back to the way things were where it's not such a big deal? Uh, one last point though too is, uh, people from overseas tend to point out like there's huge cultural differences in what people feel is appropriate. Like here in the States for, we have these puritanical views that sexual content is super taboo and we got to shield our kids from nudity and and sex boobs. Yeah, from, from boobs and and penis. boobs. Uh, and then, you know, in Europe, for example, they're like, that stuff is just life. That's fine. And over here, we're like, yeah, I'm totally fine with my 10-year-old watching violent murder or playing video games where they violently murder each other. And some people in Europe are like, that's kind of fucking weird. Like, we're not okay with that. You know what I mean? So um, there is some cultural differences, obviously. And then there are parts of the world that are like, hey, it's all good. Like, go wild, sweet child of summer.
2: You know, it is weird. Like, everyone has boobs and or a penis. Like, it's Sometimes not, both. That's why I use the and or. Yeah. Um, you know, so like, oh, whatever. It's, it's a part of the human body. Nobody hopefully mows down a group of people with, guns you know so that part's okay sure you know it's like but again not don't don't you dare see uh organ that you may have you know like it's just the weirdest thing to me
3: yeah like definitely don't show any anatomy but yeah you know it, it is what it is and obviously like i'm gonna make the distinction there is a stark difference between like i said something like the witcher 3 where it's not the focus of the gameplay and obviously there are games that are created they're basically smut. You know, they're interactive smut, which is actually probably fine. I don't necessarily see why people shouldn't have access to that kind of stuff if they want it. So Steam is finally making a distinction. They're going to be like, you know what? We're going to be fine with that. We're going to let that happen. Uh, anyways, kind of we kind of beat that to death a little bit. But uh, it is an interesting conversation. Um, if you have a strong opinion about it, anybody listening at home, please write in so that we can tell you how wrong you are. And uh, we'll, we'd love to hear from you and then read you out on air and then talk about it.
1: Keep your emails short. (laughs) Preferably.
3: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little short. Um, So we got, we got one more big meaty topic here. And then we got a little one that Phil's bringing to the table kind of last second here. Um, I saw an article on Polygon about a number of prominent YouTubers basically come into terms with an admitting on their channels that they're struggling with burning out uh, the physical and emotional demand of being a content creator. And since we are content creators of various, you know, amounts, huh. I thought it was a pretty interesting topic because uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's, um, for anybody who's not aware, basically some of the some of the most prominent youtubers and streamers have talked about this it 's how it 's kind of difficult to find a healthy work life balance because this is their job. you know what I mean If you have a big YouTube channel or if you are a full time streamer, it is your job it's your nine to five except you probably don't work nine to five you probably work different hours depending um, And it can be demanding, uh, particularly with YouTube. Uh, YouTube's metrics for, you know, how you get monetized and how to maximize that monetization has changed a lot over the years. Lately, it's really difficult for these big channels to kind of stay consistent and keep generating revenue. Um, They're basically pressured. Some of the YouTubers have talked about how they're pressured to put out a video every day. (laughs) That video has got to be at least 10 minutes in length to to qualify for a higher tier of monetization um that's tough like i i don't think uh the average person would necessarily realize like if, if you're somebody who creates planned edited structured content that is difficult to to come up with that every single day
1: holy shit <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, not to mention that you probably have to hire an editor because there's no way you're going to be able to do the editing and the uploading yourself at that point if you're pumping out material that quickly. Uh, and not to mention, a lot of these YouTubers also stream as well if they're a gaming YouTuber because they have to. Um, the streamers, one of the streamers, one of the top streamers in the world, Ninja, talks about how uh, in this article he talks about his hours. He basically wakes up at nine thirty in the morning hops on and streams for about six, six and a half hours, takes a break for a few hours to spend time with his wife his, his, and his dogs or whatever, you know, do dinner, all that kind of stuff. And then he comes back and does an after dinner until like two, three in the morning stream for another five or six hours. And then he only gets about five or six hours sleep. That's crazy.
1: How old is he? Do you know?
3: I believe he's in his twenties. Okay. Um,
2: <laughs> Phil, but you were like, there's no way.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a 12 hour day. It's split up, but that's a 12 hour day. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Even, and particularly like for streamers, the thing about it is you're not just playing video games for 12 hours. Like the, the successful streamers aren't just playing video games the whole time. They're interacting with chat the entire time. You know they're they're doing something to be entertaining, whether it is putting on a persona, or you know just being generally engaging with your audience. That's a huge thing. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, both YouTubers and streamers talk about how you have to interact with your community. You have to interact with your chat. You have to, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy, but that's what some of these people are doing right now. And a lot of them are burning out. And it's particularly because YouTube has been crunching down, um, with viewer suppression issues, demonetization, all this different kind of stuff. That's really hurting some of these YouTubers. What do you guys
1: think? Oh, I have trouble (laughs) and I only do three shows, right? Yeah. I do three shows a week. Um, and then I, I work for a farm so I, my work weeks are about, you know, fifty five plus hours a week.
2: You work for a farm?
1: Yeah. What
2: yeah, is? What do you guys farm?
1: We are in orchard, so we do most ah. fruit that isn't citrus. But, but doing that, I mean, like every day, you know, I work from eight to about five, and then you know I'm I'm running home to you know either be on BTP or, or or botched or the new show that we just started Sunday. And, and I can tell you that I'm having trouble balancing everything. Sure. So to, to, to hear these people, these, these YouTubers and streamers have to make 10 minute new videos every day is, is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Dennis write, um, you know, these weekly ads for the network once a week, and, you know, sometimes that process takes up to two days. You know, I have to think of a topic to give him and then throw him some lines that he should put in there. And I know, you know, he takes his time on it, but that, that's hard for us just to do that once a week. To think about doing that once a day is just insanity. Yeah. So, you know, I never really thought about that whole side of, having to stream on Twitch and then make and maintain your YouTube Mm -hmm. as well. And how, you know, how difficult and how, how task demanding that is. So I read an
2: article um, recently. I don't remember who it was, but some guy, he has a pretty big uh, sports Instagram, Twitter blog, something. I don't know. Um, but it's constant, you know, with new videos and new this Mm -hmm. and new that. And he said, if he's out at dinner, like with his wife, girlfriend, whoever, he has to stop what he's doing. If something's going on, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some highlight or funny play or something he, they expect, you know, and like any good business for you to get it out there in a timely manner. So he has to stop what he's doing and constantly be engaged. Um, my job, you know, I work for an insurance company, uh, when I come home 90% of the time I'm done, I check out, you know, yeah. um, and that's what you need. You need that break, that rest. Uh, so I, I sympathize completely. We, I do, I literally have one podcast, um, and try to put a lot in when it comes to social media and videos and this and that. And much like, uh, Phil said, there's times, you know, you get tired of it, burnout, stressed out. Uh, but fortunately for me, it's not my bread and butter. So if I take a night off, I have learned to be okay with that, you know, and I'm not taking money out of my mouth or house or whatever. Uh, Whereas these guys are, these people are, you know, say you take a night off. I'm not making videos today. I need a break. Well, you don't get paid time off, you know? Yeah. So you're literally taking money out of your wallet to not burn yourself out. You
3: know. And to expand on that a little bit, uh, for streamers in particular, if you take any serious amount of time off, you run the potential of losing thousands of followers. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I watched a streamer recently. Uh, he, he's a League of Legends streamer who's part of a, a group of a bunch of other streamers that I watch content from. And they, they play a bunch of different games and they do a lot of stuff because one of the expanding things on Twitch right now is IRL. Um, which for you old folks like Charles, when you listen to this, it's in real life. Uh, basically it's the idea of these, these personalities going out and doing stuff in the real world, whether it be they're shopping in a mall or they go someplace fancy. Like this kid, uh, he took 10 days and went to Tokyo and he was streaming for the first two days because he, uh, somebody at Twitch has developed this amazing backpack that uh, has a a webcam on the shoulder and it has a huge battery in the back and it has uh, like three different cell carriers. And like, it's just, it's just walking hotspot that allows them to stream pretty much anywhere they go. Unless they walk into like a concrete bunker type situation. Um, He streamed for the first two days while he was there and his girlfriend was with him and some friends were with him. And I was watching the stream kind of in the background while I was doing other stuff. And on the second day it was putting stress on his relationship. Like she was pissed and like he acknowledged it. Like he talked to his audience. He was like, you know, she said she'd be fine with it today. But honestly, I think by the end of the day, she just didn't want to, cause she doesn't like being in the spotlight. She, she's fine being in it sometimes with him. Cause she's, you know, been with him for a long time, but like
2: it, it's, well, you, you have it's, to be on, Literally yeah, you, on 24 set or however long you're streaming. Right. And so say it's my project, but my girlfriend's there now she has to be on 24 yep. seven. You can't scratch your butt. You yep. can't do anything gross. You know, people pe- are watching you. People are
3: weird too. Like there was this kid in that chat that kept like for two days, he spammed the same message every five minutes. It was, can, can you have your girlfriend show me her armpit? Cause it, she's wearing a shirt where I can see her armpit. And everybody's like, every time he said it, people were like, dude, come on. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, Twitch chat can be pretty toxic sometimes, but that community was like, come on, bro. Like, and that's got to make you feel weird. You know what I mean? Whether you're a guy or a girl or whatever, you know, like to have somebody like continuously bombard you and you're not the creator, you're just, you know, the auxiliary to that creator. You're just part of their life.
2: That's the Um, thing I was going to say. I know I said earlier, like, well, when you put yourself out there, you know, you may get comments I, and i stand by that but she didn't like you said she's right. auxiliary you know she's supporting them but yeah. that's not her thing she's not she doesn't yeah. want to do that shit yeah it's crazy
3: um but yeah like so yeah, and i brought that up partially because like his trip probably like those first two streams in tokyo he got a ton of people paying attention because uh, it blew up in irl it was one of the top videos in irl or streams in the irl at the time and it was fascinating to me because i've never been to japan I've always wanted to check it out. I've seen some stuff about it, but I've never seen been able to see a slice of life like that where I'm literally on somebody's shoulder yeah, as they wander similar. through yeah, as they wander through Shibuya or wherever. Um that was neat, but like then he's like I'm going to take a couple days off cuz we need to, you know, actually enjoy this vacation. Um but yeah, you take any any length of time off, you run the risk of losing a lot of people and you can lose subs. Like on Twitch, you can lose subs month to month if you're not keeping the content coming.
2: I think, I think that's a flaw in, you know, I get, you know, YouTube's huge now and Twitch and all this streaming and live video. And I think that's, that's the fatal flaw in it. Like there, I don't know the answer. Like, I don't know how to fix it, but both both platforms
3: are structured around instant gratification to such a degree that it can, if you lapse at all, that can backfire on you,
2: you know? And I, I don't sure. think, I don't think that's sustainable, you know, for your content creators no. podcasting. You know, we, I'll tell you all the behind the scenes, we record on the sound of Saturday. I edit on a Monday and for all uh-huh. intents and purposes, I met my obligation, everything yeah. else. I'll do other stuff. I'm sure. always trying to do more, but Monday when I edit and I post it, I'm literally like, okay, I'm done for the week. I can do something else now. Everything else is usually, like I said, I do work, but it's a bonus, you know.
1: And I'm not, I'm not, oh man, I'm not there. Like as soon as that post, you know, I'm on our discord chat for our patrons talking to them. And then I, you know, I got to put it up on YouTube to, to get my SEO up. And then I'm on Twitter to post that the new episode's live. Then I'm on Facebook doing that. Oh wait, did we get a new iTunes review? I got to run over. God, it's one star. I run back out of there, and and, you know I'm I'm all over the place during the entire week. Well, and the 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 other point where just like, you you need you need put your phone down for ten minutes. Yeah.
3: Uh, I mean, that's why I don't do the Twitter thing very much because it's like, you can get caught in that trap, that vortex and just lose huge swaths of your life. But, um, we're, you know, everybody's sitting here, you know, we're proud of the work we do, but I, I don't think any of us are, (laughs) I don't think any of us are disconnected from the idea that we have a relatively small footprint. You know, I mean, we don't have, none of us have. 20,000 or more fans that are like chomping at the bit to interact with us every day. pretty big. day. We're not huge internet celebrities. We're not facing the same pressures and everything, but even still there are times where, you know, doing your podcast, I'm on two podcasts every week, just like Phil is. Um, we, we've tried doing another podcast on the side before we did one together. The stranger things when we've talked about at length, which may or may not ever come out. um, you the know, what, ab- I
1: kind of want to release that just to spite Charles because of his comments last week. <laughs>
3: so. uh, the thing about that was, though, that was tough for us because we were tacking that on top of doing our normal shows every week. You know what I mean? It was tough to squeeze that in. It was also tough for us to find the chemistry. That's another thing. I mean, not let alone being entertaining all the time, the YouTube creators who have to make interesting content every single day, that's exhausting. Like, it's so there's weeks where we sit here and we grab headlines and we grab topics that are running through stuff because we want to talk about what's relevant right now. You know, we want to kind of talk about, like, the slice of fandom this week. There are weeks where we're like, it's, you know, the Wild West and a tumbleweed just blew by. There's nothing to talk about. We got to dig deep and find something kind of weird and esoteric to talk about. You're
2: like, well, Tony has a cold. Let's put him on this week.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's mostly because the resident racist
2: was, lax. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, and you're right. We're not, we are by no means giant and even still as well, a very small, giant-sized. I, giant-sized. <laughs> as a, uh, as a small podcast, there's still people that if we don't post that week, Hey, where's the episode, you know, sure. that people that, you know, enjoy. And then I feel bad Then I, you know, Oh Yeah. <laughs> Like, when, man, people actually dig what I'm putting out, and then I let them down, you know. Yep. Oh,
3: well, same thing for with our show. You know, there's been times where, for various reasons behind the scenes, something didn't get published on time, and somebody hits you up, and they're like, yo, I'm ready for my fix. It's Monday. Phil used to do that to me. Phil used to mow his lawn on Mondays and be like, yo, where's the new show? And I'd be like, bro come on yep. <laughs> like you you're gonna do
1: me dirty like this but no you feel and then, like, bad. you're gonna do me dirty like this i gotta mow my lawn brother like <laughs> i can't do that without three assholes screaming in my ears
2: yeah i uh conan o'brien said once the hardest thing about doing his show is being funny every day five days a week yeah you know because there's just some days you know even if you're not a comedy podcast you still have to be on and positive and there's just some days you are not feeling that you know sure um
3: and something like that you can't like your your day-to-day life can't come to the table
2: right Mm -hmm. yeah exactly you can't just well that's funny that's a different subject i personally don't believe i don't think you should um and i'm gonna pick on old chris hardwick um and i'm gonna sound like an asshole but a few years ago a year or so ago his father passed away and that's all he talked about in his entertainment and mm-hmm. I get it, man. That's horrible. And I really—I'm not even a fan of Chris Hardwick, but I sympathize with you. But now you're at work, you know? Like yeah. when you're at work, you're mm-hmm. you're supposed to be talking about zombies, dude. uh, mm-hmm. oh, that's a bad joke in there somewhere. But you know, don't don't laugh at that, Phil Keating. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, like you're supposed to be talking about new movies and Walking Dead, and yeah. keep your personal. I hate to say whiny stuff at home, you know?
3: Well, I think it's one of those things where you can, you can take some time for it to address it. Cause people, if you become a fan of somebody like that and something major happens in their life, you want to know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there's always the opportunity for like an episode on a podcast where you dig into it or whatever, but then you kind of, like you said, now you've got to go about doing your work. You know what I mean? And it's like, you got to get, you know, and uh, I'm reminded of Jimmy Kimmel, you know, what he was dealing with, with his son there in the past year, because his son needed to have surgery and everything. And he made a, a point to bring it up during his monologue. And he brought his son out, like, because he, he talked about healthcare and he talked about how we're well off because we, I work in entertainment and we can take care of my son and he, he's getting choked up and emotionally, He's crying on stage during, you know, while he's doing his monologue talking about a really real thing for him, but he was using his platform to expose something. But then he turned himself back on by the end of the show. You know, like he was back to being professional Jimmy Kimmel. I'm a show host for the rest of the show. You know what I mean? It wasn't all about that. So I agree with you. Like there's, you've, it's, it's great the balance. To it. yeah. yeah. It's good to show some vulnerability and be real sometimes because people love that. You know what I mean? Like that is, I think that's one of the things that makes Kevin Smith's fans such huge fans of him. It's why I think like, you know, the Kevin Smith fandom is so separate from so many other creators because they're like, Kevin is so often so real with everyone, but he also is just entertaining. You know, like he knows how to just, all right, we talked about that really serious thing for a little while. Now let's talk about some funny shit. You know what I mean? So there's a balance there. Absolutely. I agree with that.
2: Going back to your point about the workload, another, uh, behind the scenes tidbit. I literally keep telling myself I want to make, I want to do one video a week. Yeah. And I've decided I was like, it can be 30 seconds, one 30 second video a week. And I have a hard time finding the time to come up with the content and, and get it done because I already do other stuff, you know, and it's just, it shouldn't be that hard. 30 seconds. And these people do 10 a day and, you know,
1: I mean, McFall, you know hit me up today and was like i got a wonderful idea you and me streaming on twitch together playing borderlands i said yeah sounds great don't have the time for it man (laughs) (laughs) i would love to do it but i can't do it until the fall or the winter when the season's over i'm strapped i
2: was like what are you a fucking farmer oh wait yeah (laughs) um no There's a lot of good ideas. That's one thing I learned doing this. The ideas aren't the hard part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the time and managing it and keeping your sanity together. And God forbid if you work with other people, there's two other people on my show. You yeah. know, we gotta balance that and make sure we don't hate each other and definitely a lot to it. And I I totally sympathize with people getting burned out and
1: oh yeah. We we know, had to take a rough we had to take a month break actually from recording. Because most of the cast was burnt out. You know, there's five of us at that table, you know, all trying to work together towards a common goal. And after Dragon Con, you know, one of my cast members was just burnt the fuck out and needed a month off. Mm -hmm. So then what we decided to do was, (laughs) which is really dumb, but we did it this way, is (laughs) we did double recording sessions for the entire month of October. So um, what people don't know with our show botched is we start recording at 5 PM and then we stop recording at around 10 to 11 PM every Tuesday. And then that gets chopped up into two episodes. Jesus Christ. So then that's, (laughs) you know, 10 to 12 hours a week for the month of October. And then, you know, we, we did it and it almost killed everybody. And then when December rolled around, I was like, all right, guys, it's, you know, we're going to start back up. And she's like, you said we got a month off. It's like, yeah, man, you got your month. Let's get back to work. So
2: we, we, um, meet Saturdays at noon and make a point of being done leaving by one 2 PM. And sometimes we do two episodes. If it's two episodes, it's 2 PM. Um, and we all have a point where we know, all right, we're all getting a little pissy. We're all getting short. Let's wrap it up, you know.
1: Sure. I mean, we've had sessions last until one in the morning. But thankfully, those are, are way behind us. Hmm. So, we're,
3: we're fortunate with breaking the panel where we very rarely run into any kind of like issues. Between at least, particularly the three of us who are doing it right now, since Phil joined us, um, and anybody who's been a longtime fan, you'll know that uh, we've had you know obviously Chris is away uh, because of his service, and uh, so he's not going to be with us for. It's going to be almost a year and a half. That's been kind of a tough thing to to deal with. Uh, but we you know we've had various guests jump in. We've tried uh, shaking up the team a little bit here and there in the past, and not everything always works out. But the the core Team on breaking the panel we're all committed to what we're doing, and so it works, but like there are times where things get tense, you know what I mean and it it's you hate dropping the ball, you know what I mean you hate you know not delivering on the the quality whether it's quality or quantity or whatever you know like we're always doing stuff for patreon. We have three patrons, and i'm pretty sure one of them's Phil <laughs> uh, for this show we don't plug it as much as maybe we should and, you know, a number of other things, but like, we still try to do stuff for those patrons because we appreciate them uh, whether they ultimately see it or not. And obviously we're trying to build a a catalog for people who who might join later on, you know, some stuff for them to go delve through and everything. Um, But it's, it's a lot of hard work, especially for up and comers. It's a lot of hard work to try to, you know, establish your footprint doing any kind of content creation but I, I can only imagine how tough it is for these you know these top level people who have broken out and their whole livelihood is built around it you know what i mean it's it's
2: serious business can you imagine just keeping up with comments say you're a youtuber and you get a million views or something oh they don't
1: they, oh you can't, you can't. Yeah.
3: yeah most of them don't i i have seen uh like in the asmr community uh, if you're not super familiar with that, you can Google it on your own.
2: Uh, there's some content. Appreciate the help there, buddy.
3: Yeah. Uh, ASMR is, uh, it's basically for relaxation and sleep. It's, uh, it's all like really soft spoken content and gotcha. it's, it's, it's kind of weird on the outside. Like, cause it's like people like playing with things that make interesting sounds that are relaxing or soothing or whatever. Um, but there's a whole community to it and it's blowing up like it here we go Phil's doing it yeah Phil you oh man you're getting my tingles going um you can stop now you son of a bitch uh (laughs) that community like I've noticed that they interact with their their comments a bit more because overall it tends to be a community that's really positive though because they're, they're focused on relaxation. You know what I mean? And the I, most of the time, the worst comments you see there is some of the female ones will get some sexist things or at least sexual things. And they just tend to ignore that stuff or, you know, ban it or whatever. Uh, but the other thing you'll get is once in a while, somebody will be like, Hey, when you did this thing at this point in the video that that was really jarring for me, please don't do that. And like they, a lot of times they take that on advisement, but um, for the most part, like other content creators I see uh, particularly if you're doing anything in regards to criticism in regards to gaming, you can't any sort of opinion, <laughs> anything that's opinionated or remotely controversial. But I mean, you know, SEO experts are like, but that works for you, baby. You know, like the more people who feel strongly enough about something that you put out to put a comment on it, uh, the better for that kind of stuff.
2: But is, is your SEO guy from like madman or the fifties <laughs> or something? yeah baby hey that works for me baby there you go
3: it's funny because uh he's been on the show in the past and he is not like that (laughs) (laughs) carl uh yeah so i mean it it's uh it's an interesting thing i realize we just spent a lot of time talking about something that is probably pretty uh pretty whatever for people who aren't into the whole content creation thing but it is but hopefully, a-
2: hopefully it, it gives some insight. People that don't create content consume content. And hopefully mm-hmm. it gives some appreciation. And not that I don't think we were trying to toot our own horn. I think we were giving examples of the tiniest, smallest example yeah. and how, how hard it can be. So hopefully people appreciate you know these big-time YouTubers or Twitch streamers or whatever they may be. Uh, the work, or even the podcasters, the like, podcasters—I forgot about them, fuckers. Um, hopefully, people take a minute and appreciate that the work content creators do. You know, yeah. go go leave a review or a positive message or something, or an angry no, 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 don't no 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 one stars, please no. Please hey, no. you know that person still took the time. Yeah, you know. That dick. No, I'm kidding.
1: I wish they wouldn't have.
2: <laughs> Phil, we got one last
3: thing no, before we get out of here.
1: No, we're gonna save it till next week. Push it to okay. next week.
3: All right, we'll talk about it next week. We'll probably get some more information on it, anyways. Uh, yeah, so you can find uh, you know, this show and everything to do with it on various social media at facebook.com slash breaking the uh, you can find us on Twitter. Tony, where can listeners find you and your wonderful show geek versus
2: uh you can find us at geekversus.com that's g-e-k nope i'm sick take two that's g-e-e-k-v-e-r-s-u-s it spells out geek versus um and from there we have our our twitter we're on twitter we're on facebook uh going back to instagram on youtube working on getting those one video a week getting getting mm-hmm. those put up Uh, I got a Patreon coming soon, but there's no time to get it done. I literally, I'm looking at, I have a ton of bloopers that are going to go on the Patreon. They're there. They're ready, but I didn't put it up yet, but everything is at geekversus.com.
1: All right. And Phil? Uh, Follow me on Twitter at imaginary nomad. uh, If you want a D and D comedy show that has five assholes drinking and dying, then check out Botched over at botchpodcast.com. And, I want to hear uh, more
2: about the farm stuff.
1: Uh, if you want to know more about my farm life, then head on over to the farmer's markets in Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and Northern Virginia. And <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but please take the time... To just head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review for our show. Uh, it helps us out. It uh, would be nice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, hey, folks. Thank you, thank- local content creator today.
3: <laughs> uh, thank you, Tony, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on Breaking the Panel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash
3: breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.